You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. episode is supported by Wireframe, a podcast all about creativity and design. It's a show made for creative professionals. Think graphic designers, illustrators, typographers, artists, activists. It's for the design curious and anyone who really appreciates the way creativity impacts the world around us, which I know is you. Recently, I listened to the episode on fonts, specifically on Comic Sans, and they go to a font party in the episode where they personify the different fonts and it is incredibly fun and very funny and so accurate and relatable Uh, and so in the episode they talk all about the history of fonts and how they're created how we interact with them it's just so educational and so fun to listen and learn the host Koi Vin just does such a great job bringing these kind of everyday things that we take for granted that artists are creating, he brings them to life in these episodes. So if you are curious about learning more and you want to listen to the episodes, they also have episodes on Burger King's new design logo and the nostalgia of it. They have episodes about designing um, logos for Black Lives Matter. So many cool things. And you can listen by searching for Wireframe in your podcast app. And of course, I will link it in the show notes. And thank you so much to Wireframe for supporting this episode. Welcome to another episode of How She Creates. I am really thrilled about today's episode because my guest today is someone that I have been following along with for a really long time, and she does the coolest creative events, and I'm really sad that COVID has stopped them um, because when we started talking about moving back to the U.S., I was like, oh my gosh. I can go to like craft location and like all of these awesome things that are out in Palm Springs and then COVID hit and nothing is happening. Um, But anyway, Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And um, we are actually now that we're getting into the, I don't know if if I could even say the tail end of COVID, because I don't know (laughs) if we're in the tail or not, but into a different, a new section of COVID, we are starting to bring our events back. So we do a a modern makers festival. It's kind of like Etsy come to life called Patchwork Show. So we're bringing back our patchwork shows and then we're going to have Craftcation Conference, our conference again in uh, 2022, which I'm very excited about. It's a four day business and makers conference at the beach in California. So it's four days. We have over 200 workshops. So there's like 18 or more different workshops happening simultaneously that you can choose from. So it really is kind of like a choose your own adventure situation. You can do a little bit of craft, a little bit of business, a little bit of wellness, or you can go all craft. (laughs) We also have a lot of social activities there. So it's coming back in 2022. So we can all start marking our calendars and looking forward to a time when we can safely be hanging out together, crafting and making and tapping into our creativity together. Uh, That is just like my dream event on the beach, California, crafting and hanging out. I, I can't wait. Okay, so I'm so glad. I'm definitely going to put that on my calendar for 2022. Okay, so if people don't know who you are, um, will you just give us a quick intro to who you are and what you do and where we can find you? 
Sure. My name is Nicole Stevenson, and I'm the CEO and creative director of Dear Handmade Life. And Dear Handmade Life produces events, education, and we also curate a community for creatives and also passionate small business owners. So our community is made up of people who have creative small businesses, want to have creative small businesses, but then also we have a lot of people in our community that are creatives. Maybe they don't want to turn it into a job, which is 100% awesome if that's what you've if that's what you've chosen to do. But it, it's really just made up of people who are creative and living intentionally. So they're kind of paying attention to the choices they make and the life that they build for themselves, whether they're working for themselves or working for someone else. And within Dear Handmade Life, we produce Patchwork Show, the Makers Festival I was talking about, which we do throughout California and Craftation Conference, which is our annual business and makers conference at the beach in Ventura, the beach, California. And uh, that happens every spring. And then our newest event is called Camp Dear Handmade Life. And it's a it's an at home summer camp themed retreat for creatives. So uh, that happens in June. So I think by the time when this is airing, we'll we'll already be in camp because it's, it's six weeks, uh, and it's focused on goal getting and creativity and business. So we have people who are coming to camp who are really just there for the six week goal getting course. So that's kind of the meat of camp is every week you get a different lesson in goal getting and you're working through the course with your um, virtual cabin mates. So everybody is placed into a virtual cabin when you register with like six to eight other campers and each week you meet and you go through your work together. So you're getting that mentorship and that support. And then there are creative projects that you do on your own and with your cabin mates. So it's just a, a veritable array of creativity, inspiration, goals, everything. And it all ends, it culminates with a virtual summit. And the um, virtual summit, when this airs, there might still be tickets available for, available for that. So you can check it out. And everything is at dearhandmadelife.com is where you can find out about everything we do. And I also have a podcast and a blog too. And we have a shop with, <laughs> with maker themed goods, like t-shirts that say make all the things and stuff like that. So now that I'm talking about it, it really feels, it feels like a lot, but it's all connected through creativity is really the, the string that goes through everything. Oh, I need a shirt that says make all the things. That's really fun. Well, you I have can it. head to our shop and grab one. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. So I didn't know that you had a shop. I knew that you did all the events. I didn't know about the shop. See, learning new things. So take us all the way back before you had this like really awesome business. I know you do a lot of like creative mentoring now, but take us all the way back to the beginning. Where did you fall in love with creativity? What was your art form? You know, were you creative as a kid? How did you get here? I cannot remember a time when I wasn't creative. My whole life I was doing something creative. I remember being very, very young and having my journal and what well, was it called a diary. And it was a Hello Kitty diary. I don't know if Hello Kitty's still around, but it was very cool when I was a kid. And um I of course wrote about my life in there, but I was also writing short stories. I mean, they were really bad short stories. <laughs> But still, it was creative. You know, I was writing and and getting creative in there, and then always, always drawing and painting. And um, I remember uh, I was kind of a weird kid, and I remember being at school 
and I had another weird weirdo best friend and she and I kind of lived in our own little world I guess you could say um and we had a handyman at our school that had a shed and there was this box of like little wood scraps outside of his shed and we would go and get these wood scraps and then draw on them and turn them into little characters and create these little like habitats out of shoe boxes for these little wooden characters to live in and make up little stories about them. So it, it's always been, always been a part of my life. Uh, and my mom was very, she, my mom still is very creative. So growing up with that was definitely an influence. And when I was really young, we were, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. So creativity was definitely a necessity for the things that we wanted. You know, uh, my mom would sew me outfits. You know, I, I had this, uh, really cool matching velvet, uh, blazer with, you know, little pants that my mom made for me, probably because it was too expensive to buy that back then. There wasn't really fast fashion the way there the way there is now. Um, so I was always around creativity. My grandma was a guitar teacher, and it was just it was always around me and always something something that I did and something that made me feel connected to myself, but also connected to the world. Because, like I said, I was this weird kid that felt disconnected a lot. I, I felt like I didn't fit in with the other kids at school. Um, my parents, uh, before my mom met my stepdad, she was a single mom. So, and that was at that time, I was one of the only kids that came from divorced parents at, at my school. So I always just kind of felt other than, but being creative made me feel part of something and connected to the world. So it was just always there. And that was my childhood part of it. And then, as I got older, it just continued, you know, into high school, I was doing art and, you know, in the high school art show, I was always writing, always writing poetry and short stories. And I got really into photography. So took photography classes and, and did that. Um, and then my mom taught me how to sew. So I was sewing my own clothes also, same kind of thing. You know, I wanted things that I couldn't, couldn't afford or didn't exist. And so I would make them. And then I went to college for creative writing because writing had always been, always been there. You know, it was like I would get into photography or drawing or something else, but writing was always there since I was a kid. So I went to college for writing. And, but while I was in college, I was still making, making other types of art too. Uh, you know, I did a lot of weird, found object sculpture <laughs> when I was in college and, you know, again, was making my own clothes to, you know, wear the type of things that I wanted, but couldn't get. And my plan was to become a, a college English teacher. And as I was going through college, I was feeling like that goal wasn't, was no longer the goal of the current me at that time. So it was something that I had wanted and wanted. And as I changed <laughs> and grew, it no longer felt like a good fit. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next, but I had started painting with a friend of mine. We were waitresses together at this bar in the financial district. And after work, we would go to her house and um, hang out and like drink beer and order pizza and paint. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but she was an artist and she was in art school and having art shows. So I would just kind of hang out with her and do whatever. And I was 
not following the rules. You know, she was like painting abstract and doing this and that. And I was like, you know, going into her kitchen and getting, you know, oregano and sprinkling it in to make my paint, you know, more textured and, you know, just doing weird stuff, you know? And, uh, so I started painting and she said, you know, I'm having this open studio and I have extra space on my wall for this art show that I'm having. Why don't you take a couple of your paintings and put them up there? So I did. I think I made a series of 10 small paintings and they all sold. And I was like, OK, I'm into this. This is what I want to do now. I'm going to be an artist. And she she and I were talking and I was in my last semester of graduate school for writing. And I was super, you know, like I said, feeling disenchanted with writing, but loving art stuff. And then we had been talking about moving down to LA and selling our art on the Venice beach boardwalk because somebody told her that you could sell your art there. And like, there were tons of tourists and you didn't need a permit and you could make a bunch of money. And it was like, we're like, okay, we're going to go down there and do this. We're going to make so much money. We're going to rent this house in the Valley with a swimming pool. And like, we had this whole thing in our heads where, you know, uh, we were going to have this very cool LA art life uh, cut to <laughs> moving to LA, dropping out of graduate school, disappointing my family as one of the only people in my family to go to college and uh, ending up, we were going to go stay with her sister for a couple days until we could figure out where we wanted to live. And we lived there for many years <laughs> in this one bedroom apartment at that time. It was, uh, there were five of us living in there. So my friend and I slept in what was once like a dining room it was this little 10 by 10 room. And I slept on a bean bag because there wasn't enough room in there for, you know, two beds. So, uh, and that was our bedroom that we shared my friend and I, and it was also where we made all of our art. <laughs> so it was just like a total disaster area. And I, uh, and we would drive to Venice Beach in this truck that her ex-boyfriend gave to her to, you know, use because we didn't have a car. And I remember sitting in that truck and uh there wasn't a seat in the passenger seat because it was this old truck. It was actually a bean bag. So I would sleep on a bean bag at night and then I would sit on this bean bag to take this, you know, hour drive from our apartment in Hollywood down to the Venice Beach boardwalk. And in the morning, I would take my blanket off of the bean bag and put it in the car so that I could lay that out on the beach and have something to sit on. That was the kind of situation I was in. And I remember sitting in that passenger seat and looking and this, this guy that was her boyfriend was like a rock and roll guy. So there were all these band stickers and stickers all over the dashboard. And where I was sitting, the glove compartment in front of me had this sticker on it that I, I won't say the whole word, but it was go <laughs> F yourself. So I would sit there and look at this, you know, on that hour drive when I'd be sitting on this bean bag with this, you know, seatbelt that I had to tie because it didn't work. <laughs> and I was just looking and I was like, go F yourself. Like, this is what I did. I just f myself. I dropped out of graduate school to come and be an artist. I'm living in this crappy apartment with, you know, four other girls. I don't even have enough money to buy a lunch you know I was eating like tuna fish sandwich you know canned tuna fish like three meals a day I looked great I was super thin but I was <laughs> I was literally a hungry person and then you know going to the Venice Beach boardwalk and hanging out on my blanket off of my bed with these little paintings that I did hoping that some tourists would buy them so that I could have money to buy a burrito for lunch and, you know, I was down there and most of the other artists there were homeless. So my friend and I were like, 
we were the rich ones on the beach because we actually had a bed and had a place to stay. So they were like, oh, you know, Paige and Nicole, they're the they're the bourgeois, you know, because we had we had a roof over our heads. But, you know, there were days when we didn't sell a painting. We didn't have money for lunch or money to even get that five bucks to put gas in the truck to get home. And these artists, like I said, who were mostly, you know, unhomed, they took us under their wing. They would save spots for us on the beach. You know, if they made a sale and we didn't, they would buy a burrito. We would split that burrito like three or four ways. Um, you know, they, it was just an incredible mind opening community to be a part of. Of course, at the time I was having anxiety attacks all the time and was going, you know, it was very hard to live that way. Very hard. But looking back, it definitely influenced me in so many ways. And really, even though right after that, I ended up, you know, turning my paintings into um, clothing and purses and having a clothing line. And that became a very successful business that where I was in you know, my stuff was carried at 250 stores all over the world. And I had reps all over the country. And, you know, it was a multiple six figure business. And that was all great and wonderful. And I'm glad that I had that too. But I always think back to those Venice Beach days. And being around these other artists that were there, these other creatives that were there and seeing what they did for their creativity, you know, that they, they just wanted to paint. You know, I'm talking about specific people that were there. Everyone there had a different story. But the the two people I'm thinking of specifically, they just wanted to paint and they were willing to do whatever it took to do that. You know, where whether it was literally, you know, being unhomed or one of them um, ended up eventually like renting a garage and living in, you know, and living in this garage that their creativity was everything for them and they were willing to give up everything for it. And now what I do, which is helping creatives, you know, live intentionally, make a living through their passion is back to that because I don't, I want to help people not have to have it be that big of a struggle. I want to help them do it in a way that's like healthy and, you know, feels good and they feel taken care of. So I think that's influenced me in so many ways, but, and I hadn't really thought about it until I was talking about, because there's so many things I learned then, but definitely one is, you know, trying to help people so that they don't have to give up everything for their creativity so that they can do it in a way that feels safe. Oh, okay. That was such an incredible story. Um, there's so much, so much to think about and to unpack there. How do you feel about hobbyist? Now, thinking back from that experience, you know, and people giving everything to be creative and, you know, the, the spectrum that we have now where people can kind of take an online class and, you know, buy supplies and never use them and all of that kind of stuff. Does that bother you? How, what do you think about that? What would you tell those people? Does it bother me that people are hobbyists? With Not hobbyists, but it's just so interesting to think about that that like spectrum of how some people are so, so committed and some people are just kind of like meh about creativity. And it like makes me sad in my heart because I know how powerful creativity is and how amazing it is. And, you know, and obviously those people on the far end do, but the people who are just kind of like dabbling and not, I'm not saying that they need to commit, but do you know what I'm saying? Like 
what, how would you encourage people to stop buying supplies and like looking at art on Instagram and actually like going for it and trying something on their own? Yeah, I think uh, creativity is trendy right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that that's part of it. So it's, whereas when I, when I, when I was young and being the creative dork that I was, it wasn't cool to be creative the way it is now. So I think that that is probably why there's a lot of dabblers, you know, people that are buying supplies and maybe not using them, or that's why there there are a lot of kits. And it can feel kind of disheartening to people who are diehard creatives to see somebody who isn't saying like, oh yeah, I'm totally picking up macrame right now. I'm like, look at me, I'm a macrame artist. And the person who has spent so much time dedicating to the macrame craft and growing their thing can feel like, oh, this person just like hopped right into this without really understanding the history of it or, you know, the specialness of these, of these knots or things like that. So I, I definitely get, definitely get that point of view. And if you're out there and you're kind of dabbling into creativity and you're comfortable with the dabbling, then keep dabbling. If you're feeling like there's something more for you, then pursue that something more. I am a huge proponent of education and classes. I'm always investing in my own education and my and my own classes, whether it's creative classes to grow my creativity or business classes to help me build up those business skills. So I, I think that that's such a great way to get deeper into something so maybe you bought some jewelry supplies and they're just sitting there or or a kit look into look and see if there's a jewelry class sometimes that mentorship of learning from an expert and also being around other people whether it's virtual or in person can help draw you deeper into creativity and then you can get all the benefits that creativity has to offer. Because sometimes you don't always get that if you're just kind of on the surface level with it. Oh, that okay. That's a perfect answer. That brings us exactly into kind of the main topic I want to talk about today that you're so good at. Um, because I know a lot of people listening and I am totally guilty of dabbling. Like I like to do all of the things. Um, and so... I know a lot of people who listen, like kind of jump around or they want to be creative. They don't really know, you know, what to do. or They don't want to maybe be a professional artist. It's just kind of like, like you said, it's just trendy right now and it's just all over and they have this creative longing in them, but they don't really know how to bring it out. And, you know, should they just try all the things? Um, and so I like that you brought up the idea of like learning and going really in depth with things, especially with the history. I think that also makes such a big connection and difference to you when you're like, oh, I can just like paint lines on a piece of paper. But then, you know, when you like really research the craft and, you know, the people that it impacted and how it changed society, um, you know, and finding your place in that story is, is much more, um, gives you something to hold on to. Um, And then, you talked about um, like figuring it out. Like how do you, so this is something that you talk a lot about is figuring out those hidden longings inside of you. You know, I want to be creative. I want to do this thing, but I just don't know what it is. You know, like I said, I'm dabbling, I'm buying kits. I'm following people on Instagram. Like I'm watching tutorials, but how do I figure out my thing? What are some exercises that we can do to dive deeper into our own craft um, and figure out what that is? 
Well, first off, not everybody has a thing. So mm-hmm. like you mentioned that you're kind of a dabbler. And I have to say that, I, you know, when you asked me about how I got my start in creativity and I was naming off all these different things I did, I'm still the same way. Mm-hmm. Right now we're recording this in my studio. You can see behind me some of my macrame. You can also see some of my paintings. <laughs> you can see some of my photography. So I'm always mm-hmm. doing different things. And I think for a long time, I felt like I had to commit. To, to one thing. So that would be my advice that I'm giving people is don't feel like you have to commit to the one thing. Because once I accepted my natural creative inclination, which was to try all of these different things, I became much happier creatively because I wasn't pushing myself to become the best macrame artist on planet earth, or, you know, I'm going to paint and I'm going to become the best abstract painter or I'm going to master this one craft. If you're feeling, if you're doing one craft and you're feeling into it and you want to keep going with it, by all means, keep going with it. But if you're enjoying that experimentation and trying all of those new things, keep, keep going with it. I think taking the pressure off of yourself. And then as far as being aware of your creative journey and really trying to get in touch with how am I feeling about doing all of these different things? Or am I, you know, I really do want to find one, one thing. And I feel like that's for me. How am I going to find that? I'm a huge fan of journaling. So as I mentioned, I've been keeping a diary since I was a kid. And I think the type of journaling that I do for this particular thing is a stream of consciousness. Just spit it all out, set a timer. Do not let your pen come up from the paper and write. Kind of like morning pages. If anybody out here has um, read The Artist's Way, there's um, something in it called called morning pages where you basically wake up in the morning and you just have a, you know, writing barf session (laughs) to get crude for a minute of whatever comes out. So even if you sit down and you're writing, you know, you set a timer for 15 minutes or in morning pages, you do three pages and you have to do it longhand. You cannot type it. You cannot do it on your phone. There's something about the hand, the brain to the hand, to the pen, to the paper that does something. So you're writing. And even if you're writing, I cannot believe that I listened to Nicole on the podcast. Tell me to do these stupid writing, the stupid writing assignment. I have no idea what I'm writing about. I'm totally tired. I wish I could have a cup of coffee and you're just writing that kind of stuff. Keep going because by the time you get to that third page or that 15 minutes, whichever, you know, ends up working for you. You're going to get to the heart of what is down there that needs to come out that you need to write about. So that is one suggestion for sure is to journal. The other thing is when we're so embroiled in our day-to-day lives. So like for me, I have a a 16 month old and a business with like eight employees and I have a partner that I have to be aware of and parents and friends. And I'm sure there are other people listening who are like, I have four kids and I have two businesses. So we all, we all have lots of things. And when we're embroiled in our lives every day, doing that, wake up, take a shower, you know, do this, check the email, blah, 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 blah. Our brains are so full. They're concentrated on these other things. And in order to answer these questions that we have for ourselves, for example, what are my creative longings that are hidden right now? We need to give our brain some open space so that it can so that it can think for a second. And most of the time it's 
full of all this of all this other stuff. So we have to step away. So that's what this journaling is about. But there are other ways to step away if that doesn't feel right to you. You can meditate. You can walk. Walking is one of my favorite things. So just put on some shoes and go take a walk in your neighborhood. Do it for an hour. See what thoughts pop up. Don't listen to music. Don't talk to your friends. <laughs> just let your mind wander. It's almost like a walking meditation. Uh, and then you can also keep a journal for your creative processes. So when you're doing something afterwards, just spend five minutes, you know, set a quick timer, even three minutes if you don't have the time, just writing down how you felt about the project you did, you know, what you felt like you got out of it. And then look back at those and you can see, wow, every time I knit, I noticed I was feeling really relaxed afterwards and really connected. And I had these, you know, great epiphanies while I was knitting. Maybe I should try more of that. And then you can take a class on that. And the other thing to remember is that uh, it takes practice. You just keep creating, you keep doing and take that pressure off and I think it's so important as someone who helps people make a living with their creativity. I think it's so important for us to not all make a living with our creativity. It can remain in this other sacred place just for us, or it can remain, you know, something that we do and we share with the world, but that we're not dependent on paying our rent or mortgage or bills with it. So I would caution you to not feel the pressure to turn your passion into your profession because not all of us need to do that there are plenty of other amazing also creative intentional intentional careers and jobs that we can do that aren't based off of our particular art that we're doing okay so i i love all of these suggestions so much they're all so fantastic and you know you talk about like trying new things what do you have like personal rule or something you would encourage people for when it comes to trying new things and moving on too quickly? You know, I have knitted multiple things and like finished them, almost finished them. And I just hate knitting. Like I can't, there's something in the, my brain circuit where I can't finish that loop. Like literally every time I make a loop, I have to like Google how to make the next loop. I just, <laughs> I, I can't figure it out. And so I've made, so anyway, so I've just realized knitting is not for me. And I have tried multiple projects, finish things, not finish things. Um, but I've also tried things for five minutes and been like, I don't think I really want to do this, you know, or it's hard or I don't really know what to do. Um, and so I don't want to get started and I don't want to work on it. Um, and so maybe I'm like robbing myself of something I could really love if I pushed through and like took a class or figured it out. Um, but then there's those things that you try and you just like fall into them and you're just painting for hours and you don't even realize it. Where do you have like a rule for how long you try something or to push through or what would you recommend to people who are, you know, struggling in the like, is this not for me or do I need to push harder? I think you just need to be aware of where those feelings are coming from. So I'm going to use an example that uh, I, my partner has a different sense of adventure than I do. <laughs> We're both adventurous, but my adventure is adventuring with my business and my, you know, risk-taking and creativity. And his adventure is going on a roller coaster. <laughs> 
So we were talking about going to Hawaii and uh, him and my mom were talking about getting into a helicopter. And so while my husband and my mom would be up in a helicopter flying around looking at Hawaii, my dad and I, my dad and I are very similar. He's my best friend. We would be down on the ground in some like little, you know, kawaii hut bar talking to some random old man who's been sitting in that bar forever. Tell us his stories about the war or, you know, something interesting. And that is what I would want to do. I have no desire to go in a helicopter. Now, do I not want to go in a helicopter because I'm scared? Well, that's part of it is I do not like to fly. But there are other things that I would push past my fear to do. So I have to look at look at that and think, okay, is this is this a fear that I need to push past? Or is this do I really not want to do this? And I think that that's what we need to ask yourself. Like if you're knitting, are you like I really don't like knitting or are you like, this is hard and I need, you know, and this is why I don't like it is because it's hard. I love it, but I have to push myself. So you really just need, need to ask yourself that question and be aware. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about journaling. So if you don't know right away how you feel, whip that pen and paper out and start some journaling or talk to a friend about it. If you're not a journaler, I mean, also all these other things that I was saying where you're trying to unearth that. If you have a friend that's the kind of person that you can share of yourself with, you can just say, listen, I need to talk through this thing. I've been knitting and I feel like I'm at this standstill. Can I just talk about this with you? And can you ask me questions so I can try to figure out what the heck is going on in my mind right now? Oh, I love that. I love that having someone ask you questions about trying to push through. And, you know, I always use the exercise of ask yourself why five times, you know, why is it hard? Ask yourself why again, again, you know, until you really, really can get to the heart of that issue and having someone listen and reflect back what you're saying is so, so helpful. You mentioned the artist way. So tell me, do you have any artist dates that you go on? What's your like go-to artist date? I have not been uh, prioritizing my creativity since I have gotten back into my business after having my son. Uh, when I first, when I first had him, I started uh, kind of like a photo album slash sketchbooky thing of pictures with him and like my experience uh, being pregnant and a new mom and stuff. And so that was kind of my artist date at that, at that time was taking time to work in that book. And then, uh, I went through a pretty, pretty gnarly postpartum depression. And then when I ended up coming out on the other side of it, it was so weird. I haven't picked up that book since. And at that time I I thought I'm going to have this amazing thing from his whole life to give to him, you know, of all these, you know, of like, my artwork and the photos I take and the stories from his life. And then I just stopped working on it. And I, this is kind of a good example. We're talking about pushing through something. And then I thought, Oh, am I just like a failure for not finishing this, this book for him? And, uh, I didn't want to do it at that time. And I just thought, you know what, this is me. This is, this is how I am. I need to focus my energy, you know, is it more important for me right now with the time that I have to spend it with him laying on the floor with him, cracking up, you know, letting him like roll around on me and, you know, bite me and poke me and do all the funny little things that he does. Or for me, 
to put him down in front of an iPad or something so that I can sit down and work on this book for him. So I had to make that choice and I chose that floor time. Now, as he gets older or like occasionally there are times where I'm like, oh, I have a little bit of time. I'm going to, you know, write him a letter or, or do something, but it's really all about making that conscious choice. You didn't really ask, ask me about making time for creativity, but I just got in, got into it anyway. Uh, so I do do artist dates when I feel like I need them in different points in my life. I need them at, at different times, but it's it really, it's all about like what you're going to prioritize. And when you hear people say like, oh, I don't have time to be creative or I don't have, I don't have the time to do that. And I totally get it. I only have one kid and some people out there have four, two, three, five more, <laughs> but we all really do have the same amount of time in the day. And it really is about what what you're going to pick as your as your priority of course we have basic necessities that we need to get taken care of and for some people have more privilege than others so it's much easier for them to you know be to choose their priorities so having keeping that in mind as i say this for people who do have you know more privilege and have the choice of picking their priorities you know looking at it and making that decision okay I really need to wash my hair twice this week, but if I only wash it once, I'll have an extra hour. You know, what is more important? What is more important to me? So, or money, you know, the same thing. I can go get a pedicure or I can, you know, not work a little bit more for that money and take that extra hour to do something else. So it, it's just making those conscious, intentional decisions constantly you know, on a daily basis. What am I going to do? Am I going to, you know, goof off on TikTok for an hour? Or am I going to take 15 minutes to meditate, a half an hour to work in my sketchbook and, you know, 15 minutes to make a healthy snack for my son? I don't really go on TikTok. I was just using that as an example. And I'm not trying to say anything bad about TikTok people, but I downloaded it. I spent two hours on it and then I deleted it. And I was like, this is a time suck. I'm not allowed to have this. So I just nipped it in the bud so that I wouldn't have to deal with it. Uh, that Yeah, I understand that. I have resisted downloading it too because I know that I will fall down the rabbit hole. And I have yeah. no desire to create on TikTok. So I know that that wouldn't be helpful for me in any way, shape or form. Um, I think that's a perfect example of like real life, you know, and I think sometimes I know I feel guilty that I'm not spending 90% of my time painting or creating or whatever it is. Um, but it goes back to knowing yourself, like what you were talking about. And I know that being outside is more important to me. And you know, if I'm really stressed, like watching funny TV shows. Um, and I know that some people turn to art in times of like extreme stress, but for me, I don't, it's too much in my head, um, you know, and we move a lot. So, you know, I have a lot of really like stressful transition seasons and I just know that like, it's not going to be a huge creative season for me. Um, and just being okay with that and being aware of it. And like you said, like knowing yourself that that's just not, um, what I'm going to do. So when I'm going to create, it's because it's like a fun time for me. I have an idea that I really want to do. Um, and I know that technically like artists are supposed to practice your craft every single day and that's how you improve and you grow. And I, I do challenges and things sometimes. Um, 
but I also don't like to force it. And I like to do those other things that fill me up too, like you were talking about. And so I hope that hearing both of us like share that, that it's like releasing and like a relief for people that you don't have to spend 90% of your life creating to call yourself an artist. No, and you don't have to make your living with your art to call yourself Mm -hmm. an artist either. Mm -hmm. You can, if you feel that you are an artist, you are an artist and that is what you should call yourself. End of story. You don't have to answer to anyone. And if anybody tries to give you guff, you can send them my way. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that I preach on this podcast is that we are all creatives. We're all artists. We're all living a creative lifestyle, whether we realize it or not. Um, So my favorite question to ask is what is living a creative lifestyle for you? I I think it goes back to what we've talked, we've been talking about, which is making, making those choices, you know, being creative, not just with, I mean, definitely having my space around me be creative and having every room in my house be a reflection of creativity and art and having art around me original art that I you know bought from the artist but also being creative with the choices I make in my life is part of it too so not feeling uh indebted to shoulds and making the choices that feel joyful to me and and that and that bring me joy is definitely part of it in the more philosophical sense of living of living a creative life is you know making those creative choices but on a daily basis what it looks like for me is living in a aesthetically pleasing colorful creative space with art art all around me having uh, a colorful fun wardrobe <laughs> to look at because I feel like creativity even comes out in what I choose to wear on a daily basis like being creative is the outfit that you choose to wear or how you plate your food for breakfast like are you gonna arrange your pancakes like in a on the plate or are you gonna arrange them like boop 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 in an adorable way on on the plate it's everywhere all all the time and then prioritizing taking time out for your creativity when it feels when it feels like it's the right time for you i love that thank you so much for sharing with us nicole what can we be looking forward to coming up with you right now so it's july going into fall what are you working on now well, this is actually our slow time of year, so I'm very excited because I am going to take a break. And usually in the summer, I pick up a new creative something. So like I've mentioned macrame a lot because I have a lot of macrame around me in my studio from my macrame summer, as I call it, which was a couple summers ago. Another summer it was weaving. I've done watercolor acrylic painting. So I have no idea what it's going to be this summer, but whatever it is, it has to be a portable craft because I kind of take it with me everywhere. So whereas I would really love to get into stained glass, it's not going to fit. For, it's not going to fit for this. So one thing I'll be doing is getting into my summer craft, which is up in the air as of now. And then as far as work goes, we are going to be in the getting started planning our craftcation conference for 2022 because it takes us a long time to plan it so we'll be working on that and then getting ready for our fall event season which 
yes, we plan everything so far in advance as, as event people. So uh, yeah. And I hope if you're listening and you want to hang out, you can check us out on dearhandmadelife.com and our, I usually post on our Instagram pretty frequently in our Instagram stories, which is Dear Handmade Life. And I would love to connect with you and feel free to send me a DM and let me know that you found me on the podcast. And yeah. Awesome. Well, um, let's all go to Craftication and hang out next year in 2022. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm going to have links to everything that she's been talking about in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. You can find everything and more episodes there. Thank you so much, Nicole. Um, we will see you hopefully in California really soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes blog and using the hashtag howshecreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.